0: about to enter underground war tunnels and that's when I collapsed and from there I was rushed back to Saigon, Ho Chi Minh City, first straight into the hospital and straight in for an emergency MRI and then into ICU and um, that's when the doctors came in and told me I had had a brain hemorrhage so it was a bleed. The ambulance met me at the airport, you know those cherry pickers, that street workers use to get up at high levels. They used one of those at the airport to get me off the plane and down onto the tarmac and straight into the ambulance. From the ambulance, we went straight to hospital and within about a week, or probably even less than that, we were straight on to rehab after seeing a series of surgeons and neurologists and um, neuro doctors and then straight on to my recovery. I remember there was a Facebook group that one of my therapists suggested I look at joining. And they were a very small group of about 20 stroke survivors who lived in the same city as I do. They called themselves the Young Victorian Stroke Support Group. They had advice and, you know, all those concerns and worries I had that I wasn't getting answers out of doctors about. I turned to them. Actually, they were an immense source of support and knowledge. How I feel now? I feel good about it. I feel like it's almost been a kind of blessing for me to explore opportunity and, and develop what I have. Because you know, if I if I take away the stroke, then you know I would have just continued working and doing. You know, and sure, I had my health, you know, and life was somewhat good. But it's been pretty good after the stroke. I mean, it took a long time to get to this kind of belief, but I'm doing what I love. It's something I've dreamed about since I was a kid, and, and it's come together. And stroke was the reason.
1: This is Stroke Stories. I'm Mark Goodyear. In the UK, there are more than 100,000 strokes every year, about one every five minutes. In 2017, in Australia, there were more than 475,000 people living with stroke. And this number was predicted to rise to one million by 2050. A stroke is often sudden, and it can be devastating. And while health services are amazing now with diagnosis and treatment... After people have had a stroke, they often find that there aren't enough resources around to help them on their journey to recovery. So we started Stroke Stories, the podcast, to seek out and to hear from stroke survivors. In this podcast, we hear from Antonio Ionella, who was on holiday when he suffered a stroke at the age of 38.
0: I was working in construction in a more of like a supervising role. Life was quite busy and three young kids. So yeah, married and always on the go. There was no pre-warning. My health was pretty good. The reason I had a stroke was I had something called an artery vein malformation, which is basically a vein that didn't form properly from birth therefore it was weak the walls of the vein were weak and it just happened to have burst at the age of 38 so there was no sort of pre-health warning like in fact when i was rushed into hospital they were checking over me they couldn't work it out until i went in for an mri it happened whilst i was overseas in vietnam on holiday traveling with my um, family we were just about to enter underground war tunnels and that's when i collapsed and from there i was rushed back to Saigon, Ho Chi Minh City, first straight into the hospital and straight in for an emergency MRI and then into ICU. And um, that's when the doctors come in and told me I had had a brain hemorrhage. So it was a bleed. We stayed an additional 11 or so 12 days and then a rescue flight because I still wasn't very well to fly. But we um, hired the services of a um, an organization that get people back to their homeland in these situations and so after about five days in intensive care then in a ward for another six or so days and then this doctor that we had got me back to Australia. The ambulance met me at the airport you know those cherry pickers that street workers use to get up at high levels they used one of those at the airport to get me off the plane and down onto the tarmac and straight into the ambulance from the ambulance we went straight to hospital and Within about a week, or probably even less than that, we were straight on to rehab after seeing a series of surgeons and neurologists and um, neuro doctors, and then straight on to my recovery. I was paralysed, neck down, and I couldn't speak. It was a bit of a mess, I must admit. My hearing was damaged. My vision was damaged. So it literally began at ground zero, starting from the very bare basics of rehab, working like core muscles and trying to re-strengthen those and before I could get the ability to sit up and then from sit up to standing then from standing taking a few steps and then after three months I managed to walk out of the hospital. It took quite a bit to get my head around because you know I was actually learning things like how to button my shirt and how to hold a spoon and you just don't think about these things that one day you're going to be confronted with relearning these things that you did every single day without thought and You haven't got very good control of your hands and you're trying to get this little button in this hole and it was so frustrating but it was all part of the process of um, redeveloping those skills. Antonio was a long way from home when the stroke
1: occurred. It was an understandably scary situation.
0: It was frightening and because I had no control over what my body was doing and... I was in like a a bubble disconnected with my outside surroundings my brain just wasn't i mean it could process thought and i could sort of have a conversation with myself but anything beyond like a foot outside of my peripheral view was really hard to understand so it was quite scary i felt like the emotional impact wasn't addressed as much as the physical impact And therefore, you leave the hospital system and a year later, you're back out in society. And the first few years is when you need that emotional support because you're faced with the reality and you're faced with trying to fit back into society. And that's when dealing with all those emotions kicked in for me. Despite Antonio's hospital care
1: being split across two different countries, he found that when he was back in Australia, he
0: was well looked after. Initially, you know, like I didn't pay for anything either. was straight into hospital everything was covered for the period I was in there and then once I was discharged I still had some physios and therapists at the hospital as an outpatient which I I sort of attended the hospital twice a week and that went on for about a year and then once you're back out in the community you can source community health where they have same kind of things services where you can tap into there is a lot there that's free but what I've come to understand is that Stroke, it's an ongoing thing, and the recovery period isn't only the first couple of years where all the attention is. And even many years later, you can sort of gain some improvement. It may be very slow, but you can still gain some improvement. And I feel there is a good area to have specialized support rather than just local support who are not specializing in neurological disorders, they're more, you know, sort of, I guess. When you're out working with therapists in the community, they mainly cover things like old age people, um, injuries around the home, work injuries, etc., I've always looked for sort of alternative therapies, but what we're currently going through here in Australia is a bit of a government change with the way people with disabilities are looked after, and they've introduced something called the National Disability Insurance Scheme, where you can apply for funding, which can potentially pay for exactly what I'm speaking about, specialised therapy, and other various areas. They've put together like a a tick list where you can access what you need and services you need, and you have the right information and support by doctors to um, suggest this is where you would receive the benefits from. So the NDIS is something that's just in the process of being rolled out, and I've just applied for that, and hopefully um, it all goes well. I'm, I'm able to get extended therapy and potentially um, yeah continue to improve. The services are just not out there in the rural sort of towns and the um, smaller suburbs and you know those kind of areas. I know people who had strokes who live sort of. In, uh, in smaller communities outside of the big cities, and they struggle to source good therapy and the right type of supports. Whereas I live in the city and the people I access, they were just fantastic. But unfortunately, these people who live outside the cities, they don't have the benefit of accessing those people. I remember there was a Facebook group that one of my therapists suggested I look at joining and they were a very small group of about 20 stroke survivors who lived in the same city as I do. They called themselves the Young Victorian Stroke Support Group and I joined that group And because it was 10 years ago, there wasn't much else online at the time. But through that group, I made some friends and we met once every few months. And it was, yeah, it was a great source of um, support. And it was good to speak to people who had strokes. And, you know, especially some of them were, you know, like I was at the beginning and they were like 10 years on and they had advice and, you know, all those concerns and worries I had that I wasn't getting answers out of doctors about. I turned to them. Actually, they were... An immense source of support and knowledge. Because what they would do is, you know, someone might post something on the Facebook group and say, hey, you know, I've woken up and I've got a, you know, let's say my left arm's trembling. What do I do? And um, then, you know, everyone would put up suggestions or someone would, you know, say, hey, you know, I've, I'm struggling with my moods and, you know, I'm feeling this and I'm feeling that. And then, you know, and then the support was there and, you know, the information. And we have an organization which is the National Stroke Foundation. I'm a volunteer there and my role is to go out in the community and do public speaking awareness about stroke. And through that and through some of the ads that have been on TV and general, you know, generally the public hearing about others, the um, understanding is beginning to change and it's no longer sort of the perception of it only happens to old people as kind of slowly starting to diminish. I remember when I first began doing this public speaking, which was about five years ago. And generally people would, when I'd go out and do talks, people would say, oh, you're so young, you had your stroke, you're so young. And now I've noticed when I go out and do a presentation, people say, you're so young, but I know so-and-so and and her daughter had a stroke and she's 25. And you know, so you, it's just people are just starting to hear more about it. And in Australia, it's the third biggest killer now.
1: Although recovery was a long road for Antonio, the stroke gave him the chance to rediscover a former
0: passion. I didn't go back to the work I was doing prior. That just come to a bit of a, a grinding halt, working in construction and stroke just don't go together. What happened was stroke gave me an opportunity to sort of explore new things. And I've been a, basically a musician since I was a teenager and having had a stroke, that kind of gave me the opening to get back into music and you know explore that avenue and and since then i've been making music i've recorded i've made some albums i've released an album with the band project i had i built a recording studio and developed a little business a little casual business perception is everything two people can look at the same thing and one could say that's not very good and the other could say yeah you know what that could be okay and you know i'm that person and i just took this opportunity where you know i'm going to do something i've always wanted to do and that is I a recording studio and I began sort of slowly, slowly piecing stuff together. It took years and writing and, and redeveloping. I, I was a guitar player and then I began playing. I lost the function, not completely, but I've lost function of my left hand. So therefore, I'm not playing the guitar anymore. But I just began playing one-handed piano and, and sort of transferring what I knew about music in, onto the piano. And, and, and it slowly, slowly, and it, it sort of turned it around. I went, hey, you know, I'm going to turn this into a positive, And it's worked out.
1: Now, a number of years on since the stroke, Antonio sees it more
0: of a blessing than a burden. It's still there, you know, I still have things I've got to deal with, I still have pain, I still have numbness and I have days where I don't function as well as the other days. And I have days where I'm doing great and I'm busy and I'm productive and yeah, it's for me personally, it's always ongoing sort of micromanaging you constantly got to micromanage and it's always full of surprises and some days are better than others and some days you feel like you're gonna wake up feeling great but you don't and then other days you've you know the night before you've had a busy night you've been out with friends and you've gone home late and the next day feel you feel great how i feel now i feel good about it i feel like it's almost been a kind of blessing for me to explore opportunity and and develop what i have because you know if i if i take away the stroke then You know, I would have just continued working and doing, you know, and sure, I had my health, you know, and life was somewhat good, but it's been pretty good after the stroke. I mean, it took a long time to get to this kind of belief, but I'm doing what I love. It's something I've dreamed about since I was a kid, and and it's come together, and stroke was the reason. I spent those three or four years looking for that magic button to sort of heal myself, you know, trying all these things. I've got to try this. I've got to try that. Hoping that, oh, that'll do it. That'll sort of, you know, just turn this whole thing around. But then I come to realize that it wasn't one thing. It was all these tiny little things. And part of those things is being health conscious, exercising, you know, um, meditating, staying positive, being active, doing the things you love, having a social life. All those little things added up, you know, they're all little, I call them the one percenters. And those one percenters, you know, slowly, slowly add up to about twenty percent or so, and and then all of a sudden you've got twenty percent better health, and that's not a bad improvement. I wouldn't so much call it a recovery, ongoing recovery. It's just improving my health and and sort of doing what I can to sort of maintain a better health, and you know, I continue to do physio, and I continue to sort of seek alternative forms of. Um, health improvements and well-being and, you know, exercise and eat well and do all those things I can to continue to improve. Antonio's stroke forced him to pause his life and it came
1: at a time when stroke charities and online resources were still very much in their infancy. However, his immensely positive attitude has ensured that he's remained on the bright side of life after stroke. Still to come in this episode of Stroke Stories... Antonio talks about the vital work of the National Stroke Foundation in Australia.
0: If you go to National Stroke Foundation's website, they have a section in there. There's links to something called Enable Me. Now, Enable Me is like a platform for stroke survivors who can get on there and, you know, touch base with many other stroke survivors. And he says wherever you are on the road to recovery, life can only improve. I heard this a lot and I just didn't believe it. And that was, it gets better. It gets better. And, you know, it does get better. Your health improves. And it might be very slow and it might be very frustrating, but it does. It gets better. And how it gets better, not only physically, but you you just learn.
1: Let's hear how the stroke has impacted Antonio's perspective on life.
0: You know, I've been a lot more creative than I ever, ever have been. Having this kind of experience, there's always something to draw upon. It's changed me in in ways where, you know, I'm trying to be a lot more appreciative of some of the simple things. And I practice gratitude and I've got children and I just sort of make sure they're happy. And that brings me a lot of joy, you know, looking after them and trying to do good in this world and going out and doing public speaking, raising stroke awareness and trying to spread the word and hopefully help someone avoid having their own strokes. Yeah, you know.
1: For those in Australia, the National Stroke Foundation provides lots of additional resources and support for people in recovery.
0: They're a great organisation and anyone can touch base with them. If you go to National Stroke Foundation's website, they have a section on there. There's links to something called Enable Me. Now, Enable Me is like a platform for stroke survivors who can get on there and, you know, touch base with many other stroke survivors. There's this thing called the uh, Strokesaurus if you wanted to know about um, neuroplasticity or stroke recovery or getting back to work and you click on that and there's a load of information you can create yourself a um, profile and you can ask questions so yeah um, that's the organization national stroke foundation I've been involved with them for like about five years and it's just made me feel like I'm part of a community and I'm part of some like a greater cause and you know when we get together to have meetings or when there's additional training or whatever you know we meet at the city office and it's just this great community spirit amongst everyone and I've made some lifelong friends through that organisation. Looking forward Antonio has plenty of plans. My plans for the future. Currently I'm you know continuing working in the studio and you know trying to make it grow a little bit better where I'm maybe a little busier than I am at the moment. but that's gone pretty smooth. Um, looking after my health with the NDIS, the National Disability Insurance Scheme, I plan to seek out um, specialized physiotherapy because I just like to do some things like um, potentially ride a bike. Um I can't ride a bike because my balance isn't the best. Um improve my walk. My walk's pretty good. Some people just say that I look like I might have a like a sprained ankle or a um maybe a sprained injury. So I'd like to improve that and also, you know, um hopefully manage my fatigue a little bit better through doing this therapy. So that's part of my long-term goal. Um I'm also writing a book. I've been working on that for a number of years and I'm pretty dedicated to it at the moment, sort of working hard put in a lot of hours to get that finished and so next year I turn 50 so my goal is to um, have it published by the time
1: I turn 50. And finally here's Antonio's words of encouragement for you
0: if you're recovering from a stroke. I heard this a lot and I just didn't believe it and that was it gets better it gets better and you know it does get better your health improves and it might be very slow and it might be very frustrating but it does it gets better and how it gets better, not only physically, but you, you you just learn. And I just found it takes time for your body and your mind and everything to sort of come to the understanding that things are not like they were before. And simple things like it's hard to tie your shoelaces. It's you know it's really difficult to put a pair of pants on you. You know you got to fix a door handle and you just can't you can't do it because you can't hold that screwdriver. And it takes a number of years to come to terms with all those things that you can't do anymore. So that's where I believe that it gets better because you just go through that process of, oh, okay, I can't do that. Let's find another way or let's just get someone else to do it. So you let it takes that time to let go of that feeling of that determination of wanting to do it for yourself. As you keep going, as you go through the years, I, I found for me finding something you love and, and do it every day. Good carers would know when to help and when not to help, but I found with family and friends who just want to help, Sometimes they do things for you and sometimes they just, all they need to do is step back and let that person they're caring for do it for themselves. Because, you know, well, I've seen people in wheelchairs and they've got a carer like someone's wife potentially or, you know, a husband and the husband or wife is doing everything for them. And I, I just feel that's in many ways, that's kind of, you know, preventing recovery because I found for me having to do things for myself that I could help my recovery if someone was there looking after me and doing them for me then maybe i wouldn't have worked out how to do that for myself so sometimes just stepping back and allowing that person to work it out for themselves so giving them the time to do that and also not to be afraid to ask how you feel because it's such a roller coaster each day is different
1: Antonio's strength in spirit and limitless positivity has resulted in him reigniting his former passion for music. He's found a new creative side and continues to focus his energy on helping other stroke survivors and devoting as much time as possible to his family and friends. If you're listening to this podcast and have had a stroke or somebody close to you has and you'd like to learn more, search online for Stroke Association. And for a dedicated webpage, search for NHS Strokes. And if you're listening to our podcast on iTunes, we'd love it if you'd subscribe to the series and rate and comment, because that will help us spread the word. The Stroke Stories podcast was produced by Aidan Judd. I'm Mark Goodyear. Thank you for listening.